Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. If you Google, who is Jesus, then you'll get about 1,420,000,000 different search results. Probably safe to say that people want to know who Jesus really is. Was he really God's son? Was he a man, but a great teacher? Was he even real, or a made-up story to push an agenda? And these are just some of the most common questions asked about him. But what if we could really know for sure? What difference would it make in our lives? We explore these questions and more in our current series, Who is Jesus? Let's continue the Upward Journey. Hey, uh, for those of you who maybe I haven't had the chance to meet, my name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here. The pastors. The pastors here. And uh, I'm just excited to share my heart with you today. We are right in the middle of this series, Who is Jesus? And we've been trying to answer the question, Who is Jesus? the best that we can. And the question is not, What are some things that we know about Jesus? Right? It's not, What are some facts about Jesus and his life? The, the question is, Who is Jesus? Who is the real Jesus? And we've just kind of packed it together as a church and said, we want to know the real Jesus. We want, to know him. we want to know him deeply, and we want to continue to draw closer to who he is. And so we said, who is somebody in Scripture that knew Jesus really, really, really well? <laughs> I just knew if I kept talking, it was going to get worse and worse, so I knew I would stop for a minute. <laughs> Who's somebody in Scripture that knew Jesus really, really well? And so we looked throughout the Gospels and all the accounts, and, and we, we came upon John. John is that disciple that I don't know if Jesus is allowed to have favorites or not, but if he did, it was John. That's kind of the consensus of, uh, among uh, just everybody is that he really, really loved John. He's that disciple that, that Jesus loved and really had conversations with. He's the disciple that Jesus looked down from the cross at John and his mom, and he said, hey, I need you guys to take care of each other. John, this is your new mom. Mom, this is your new son. Take care of each other. Right? That's the relationship that they had. And so we decided we're going to look in, in the Gospel of John, and we're just going to start chapter 1, and we're going to go through what's called the prologue, the first 18 verses of that Gospel, as John just says, here's what I want to talk about when we talk about Jesus. And there's so much packed into these verses. And so if you haven't been here, I'm going to try to give you like the really, really fast-forwarded catch-up version of what we've talked about. We started off John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And then it keeps going, but I'm going to stop there. Right? We talked about that. That week we, we, we discovered that, that Jesus is God of the whole world, right? He's God of the whole world. He's not just God of the people in this room. He's not just God of the people who believe what I'm saying. He's God of the whole world. He was in the beginning, so he is the God of the whole world, and he's also eternal. He's been around before around has been around, right? He is, he is eternal, and he's also personal. He's our personal Lord and Savior. He's not just some being somewhere distant. He is Jesus who wants to know me, who wants to know you personally, and he wants us to want to know him in that way too. And so we learned that about Jesus week one. Last week we talked about Jesus and about how he is life. He is the real life, right? And we, we went into Greek. We really studied our Greek last week. We went through three different words that they used in Greek to describe life. But for, and if I get these wrong, it's not my fault. This wasn't my week. I'm just telling you what Andy told me, okay? <laughs> this week, last week, we talked about those three words. The first one was bios. I think I got that right. That's about biology, like I'm breathing, I'm alive. Okay, that kind of life, right? And then there was suke, I think. I think there's, other, there's also a character in a TV show somewhere with a name similar, so I'm not, 
100% sure I got that right, but I'm pretty sure it's suke. And that is like this mental life. It's the things going on up here that somehow we are still, like we're living in this world, but there's also this, this life, the bios life. And then finally, zoe. Zoe, and that's the, that's the word that John uses to describe Jesus as life. And that's this, the way I like to describe it is like we're all kind of born with this void this feeling of like we're searching for something, we want something, and we don't know how to fill it, and we try to fill it. And Zoe is what was meant to fill that. And John says, and that Zoe is Jesus, Amen. right? Jesus is life. And we touched on it just a little bit last week. We said that Jesus is light, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. We're going to kind of continue on in that path this week, and we're going to talk about how Jesus is the light, right? But also we're going to learn that you are the lamp, Jesus is the light, and you are the lamp. I'm going to stick with that analogy the whole day. If it gets cheesy, just keep going with me. Can you do it? Okay, good to know. Good to know. Hey, this is what I want to do. I'm going to ask if you would. We're making you guys sit down and stand up a lot today, but what we've been doing is just asking you guys to stand as we read through the Word today. And I just, it's just kind of an act of reverence before God saying, you know what, I believe that this, this Word that we're about to read is the power of God, and I, want to, I just want to read through it. Uh, together as a church. Can we do that? Starting in verse 6 today. It says this, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. God, we just ask today that as we as we read that scripture, that you would bless it, that it would penetrate our hearts, it would penetrate our minds, our lives, and that you would speak into us today. And God, I just ask whatever comes out of my mouth today, that it would do the same thing, God. Would you just speak through me today and uh, just encourage us and enable us to live out what you've called us to do, God. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. And church said, amen. amen. Hey, you guys are what? You guys can be seated. So I want to just jump right in if that's okay. We're going to jump right into verse 6. And verse 6 is one of those verses that doesn't really seem like it has a whole lot of meat to it, right? It says this in verse 6. It says, God sent a man, John the Baptist. Now that's a verse you kind of just want to read past and jump ahead of. What I love about this series is we're diving in deep and we're asking some questions like, okay, now what did that say? What does that mean? Why did he write it that way? What does it say in Greek? We're asking a lot of those questions as we dive into it. And so I just want to kind of dissect this before I jump into a lot of what I want to talk about today, because there's actually quite a bit of meat in this. And I want to start off with the very first word, God. That's that same God. What's well, the same God we've been talking about since the beginning of, of the church, but it's the same God we've been talking about through this series, right? God of the whole world, creator of the whole world, who is eternal. That God, it doesn't, he doesn't, it doesn't say he sent a legion of angels. It doesn't say he parted the sky and said, I am God and thunder and light. No, God sent a man. What do we know about men? Ladies, this is your chance. Not really. Hold it in. Hold it in. What do we know about mankind? That's probably a safer way to say that. What do we know about mankind? Imperfect. Broken. Failures. Prone to sin. Right? We think we know a lot of stuff. We don't know much of anything at all. We got a lot of opinions. I'm going to leave that there. That's a whole other series we could go into. Right? <laughs> We are messed up people, right? God sent one of us. God sent a man, and I love the next line. I know, again, it doesn't seem like much, but it says, God sent a man, John the Baptist. And here's what I love about it. In the Greek, this isn't as profound as last week when he went into Bios and Suke and all that, but just hear me. In Greek, it actually just says, God sent a man named John. 
See, we know him now as John the Baptist. And yes, John the Baptist went and he did extraordinary things, right? But when God called him, he was just a man named John. I see like two or three people right now in the room that fit that description, word for word. And the reason this hit me so hard this week is I believe that God has called each and every one of us. God has sent men and God has sent women named, and I'm not going through all your names, we ain't got time for that, but he has called you and he has sent you to do something. And the thing he has sent you to do is extraordinary. But can I just tell you in the moment when John was called by God Almighty, he was just a guy named John and he just did some ordinary stuff that God told him to do. He just ran his mouth a lot. <laughs> some people actually thought he was crazy. I would probably think he was crazy. And God said, yeah, I'm going to use that guy to do this. Yes, John the Baptist was an extraordinary man, but I think a lot of times in our culture, when we think of doing extraordinary things, we think of like huge, big, earth-shattering moments in time, like, you know, let's make the Red Sea part open or, you know, kill a giant with a rock. And like we think of all those big moments, but in my experience in reading Scripture, in my experience in my own life, the people who have made the biggest impact in my life and in my faith, I, I realize that, that God uses the ordinary to achieve the extraordinary. Does that make sense? Like he works in ordinary moments so that extraordinary can happen. He's not looking for, he's not looking for somebody who's already got it all together. Thank God. He's looking for a man or a woman who's willing to be faithful to the call. God sent a man named John. God sent a man named Nick. God sent you to do something. And so I'm just going to challenge you, and I'm actually going to get into what I want to talk about. <laughs> Answer the call. Be faithful to it. And watch him do something in what you consider ordinary. Moms, dads, parents, husbands, wives, friends, coworkers, all of that. Show up in the ordinary, in the routine, and be faithful to who God has called you to be and watch extraordinary things happen in the middle of that. God has called you to do something. He goes on in, in verse 7 and he says this, God sent a man, right, John, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his, of his testimony, so that everyone might believe. Now that's a powerful testimony. The thing about John that maybe you don't know or maybe you do know is he is actually a fulfillment to a prophecy that, that, that the prophet Isaiah gave in Isaiah 40 where he talks about this guy that would go out in the wilderness preparing the way for the Lord, right? Nobody knew that was about John at the time, but it was. We find out as we read through this book of John that they were talking about John the Baptist. He would go and prepare the way for the Lord. And we know the Lord now to be Jesus. That's who John was. And what John had to do in order to prepare the way, right? In order to prepare the way, in order to give a testimony that is so believable that everybody believes it, I believe in order to prepare the way, he had to first know the way. He had to know the way. See, if you don't know the way, how are, how are you going to prepare it? I believe we have to know the way first. It has to be something that comes from inside of us, right? Because Jesus is the light and we're called to be a lamp. But if the light's not in there, <laughs> you're just a lamp kind of hanging out. I think of, I grew up in Jacksonville, 
Florida. If you don't know anything about Jacksonville, it's fine. Um, it, it's hot. No, it's, it's actually, I, I think, I believe it's the second largest city in the world as far as landmass. It is huge. It's massive. Right? There are roads everywhere. I grew up there. I learned to drive there. Well, I learned to drive there. Um, and I'm just going to be really honest with you. I do not have what they call a sense of direction. And I can remember trying to figure out where I was going growing up, learning to drive. I'd get lost. I remember going away to college. Then I'd come back and visit. Rachel and I would go out on a date downtown Jacksonville. And pretty much every time I'd get lost again. And my first instinct every single time was call my dad. Right? I'd call my dad and be like, Dad, I've done it again. And every time he'd go, okay, which direction are you headed? And I'd go, I don't know. That's why I'm, I'm calling you. If I knew that, we'd be home, right? <laughs> That's not that funny, guys. Right? I feel like you're making fun of me. Okay, back on track. I get lost a lot, okay? I blame it on my iPhone. I didn't know where I was going. I called my dad. He would get past the trying to make a point of you should know which direction you're going. That's really what he was doing. And he'd go, okay, what street are you coming up on? And I'd say, I don't know, 4th Street. And he'd say, okay, what's the next one? 5th Street. And then I'd go, oh, I see what you're doing, the direction. Which well, still didn't help me at all. I just I knew what he was doing. And so he'd be like, all right, this is what you want to do. And then he would walk me through a series of events that would somehow lead me back. You know, like get in the left lane, third light, take a right, stay over in the right lane. You're going to see the sign for west on the interstate. Get on there, and then you'll know how to get home from there. And every time, he got me home. Right? You know how he did that? Oh, you guys are ahead of me. Good work. He knew the way. And you know why he knew the way? It wasn't because he pulled out some old school map that he got at some youth convention thing where he accepted maps. No, that was a very loose tie into the Bible, okay? No, it's because he had been there before. He had been there many times before because he grew up in Jacksonville too. And he's a little older than me, if you didn't catch on to that. And he has a sense of direction and that helped. He had been there many times before. He knew those roads. It wasn't something he was just taking a guess at. It wasn't something that somebody had told him about that he was then trying to pass on to me. No, he had been on those roads. He had traveled those roads. He had passed 4th and 5th and 6th and all the other streets after that, probably 7th, right? He, he, he went on all those roads. He had been there before. And I think, I think so many times as Christians, we get to this point where we think, oh, okay, that's how you do it. Now I can pass it on to somebody else and then they can pass it on to somebody else and we can talk about Jesus a lot. And that's really what kind of drove us into this series is I think, I think we do a lot of talking about Jesus. I think about my analogy of, of Jesus being the light and us being the lamp. I actually have this lamp. We've had some power issues here in the building this week and the lights have kind of been a little iffy. And so I was like, hey, if the lights go out, I've got a lamp here. So if it was to get dark, you know, we would be safe. We could shine that that light and everything would be okay. So just to kind of ease your nerves, if it was to get dark in here at any point, we'd be fine. You know, it would be okay. It... <laughs> All right, I'm going to be honest with you. See, when the lights were on and I was saying that, it was really just to kind of like make you feel better about like if it was to get dark. And I actually got this lamp at that same youth convention I was talking about. <laughs> I don't even really know if I've ever plugged it in or turned it on before. Um, yeah, I don't even know if I know how to turn it on. My dad might know. My dad might know. Now here's... Here's... 
Here's what I, I know. Some of y'all are going, okay, Matt, obviously we know you're a pastor, you got a lamp, you're talking about Jesus being the light, you being the lamp. We know you got a light bulb in there. What kind of analogy would it be for you to get up there with a lamp without a light bulb in it that doesn't work in this dark room? And I just want to say, I think you might be surprised at how many pastors would get up on a platform and just start spewing stuff about Jesus and things that we've read in Scripture. I think you might be surprised how many of us in the room, you know, we say we're followers of Jesus but we've never actually taken any time by ourselves, not surrounded by a group of people that say they agree with us, to actually try turning that light on. But when you're sitting in darkness, people want light. They don't want your words. They don't want all of your verses out of context that make no sense to them. They just they want to see the light of Jesus. And here's the thing. When a light turns on, people notice. When you shine the light of Jesus in a dark place, people flock to it. They see it. They work towards it because they go, there it is. There's the light. And so my question is, what if the church decided to be the church and shine his light and shine the light of Jesus and be his light in the dark places so that when people see the light, they come running to it. That's what God has called us to be, is to be a lamp. He's called us to be a lamp and to shine the light of Jesus. That is the church. In fact, Jesus, his biggest sermon he ever preaches, Sermon on the Mount, his opening to it, he says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. In other words, yes, there's darkness all around. Get up on a hill and shine the light of Jesus. Can we do that, church? Can we really be a lamp? I think it starts, though, hear me. It starts not in this room with you agreeing me as I preach louder and lights shine behind me brightly and you go, oh, yay, right? That's fun. That's exciting. I want you to get encouraged and excited, but it really starts. It starts wherever your prayer closet is, wherever that, that moment that you have or don't have with Jesus is. It starts in that. It starts with you practicing turning on the light and saying, no, I, want, I really want Jesus that is inside of me, that I believe is inside of me, to shine out of who I am because I am a lamp. I was created to be a lamp. Amen. Be a lamp. Point one. We got to keep going. I gotta, right? In order to pre prepare the way, right? Yes, John the Baptist, he came along to prepare the way for physical Jesus who would come behind him. I believe he has called us to prepare the way and people's lives, and their hearts, and their minds, to, to make room for Jesus in their life. He's called us to do that, and so I think first we have to know the way. And then in verse 8, it says this, it says, John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. John himself was not the light. That's something John had to know about himself. It's not about me, right? He was simply a witness to tell about the light. And I love that he says simply a witness. I think that word simply is actually really important. It's kind of like a, you're not really all that great. It's a reminder of, yeah, I'm, I'm just a man that God decided to use, right? We are those broken people that God sent in the first place. I'm simply a man or a woman who God has called to be a witness to tell about the light, right? So first we have to know the way. Secondly, we have to point the way. We have to point the way. Because when you know the way, it's really, really, really mean for you to go, I know the way, don't care about everybody else. No, God has called us to point the way. That's really what being a lamp is all about. It's pointing the way for people towards Jesus. And I know that this is kind of the scary part. This is kind of the scary part. Because we go, how do I do that? How do, I, how do I get involved in people's lives in a way that I can actually do that? 
where it's not weird, where it's not awkward. And I go, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know. But can I tell you, I love awkward. If you haven't, if you haven't figured that out about me, I love awkward. Because what I love about awkward in relationships is it's real. Nobody in this room or online or in any conversation you're ever going to have with somebody, none of those people, none of us, have it all together. We are not perfect. We are awkward. Right? I'm trying to think of a way I can make this awkward right now, just so you can... <laughs> awkward is real. And people like real. They respect real. Because they go, oh, he's awkward like me. She's awkward like me. Oh, they don't have it together like me. So it's fine. Be awkward. Now don't be weird. There's a difference, okay? (laughs) That was supposed to be encouraging, but I I don't know if it came across that way. You have to know the way, we have to point the way. And I want to get really practical here. We visited this a couple times over the last year or so. This idea of the blessed strategy is what we call it. And it's just an acronym of a really simple way that you can be intentional about saying, I'm going to point the way to Jesus, and this is how I'm going to do it. Now, sometimes there are, there are moments in, in relationships where you get to jump straight to, hey, this is Jesus. But that's, that's not usually the case, if we're honest, right? And so I just want to go through this acronym just to kind of remind you of, hey, this is a really simple way that you can point people to Jesus, right? First, I'm going to add, a, a, know the way. If you don't know the way, don't, don't jump to point the way. Make sure you know the way first, right? And when you know the way, I'm not saying you know Jesus and all his fullness and all of his glory, but he's changed your life in some way. He is impacting your life every day. When you know Jesus in that way, then I think it's your duty. It's your obligation to point other people to Jesus so that they can know that life, right? When you're to that point, this is what you do. Bless, be, begin with prayer. Pray for them. Pray for those people. Pray that God would show you who those people are. Pray that he would give you opportunities to speak into their lives, to be a part of their lives, that he would give you an opportunity to to do the rest of the things we're getting ready to talk about here in just a second. Begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. B. And then L. L is listen. Listen is a really nice way of saying, shut your mouth. Right? Like, people do not care what you think yet. They don't. And I said yet. They, they want to know that you care about them before you decide that you're just going to start telling them all the things that would make their life better. Just listen to people. Listen to their lives. Listen to what's going on in their lives. Celebrate with them in those moments that they're celebrating. Mourn with them in the moments that they're mourning. Be with people and listen to them. Right? And then E, everybody's favorite. You probably remember it. E, eat. Okay, this side of the room eats more than this side of the room. I've just figured that out. All right. Hey, eat. That's our favorite one, right? Because that's easy. We know how to do that. And I know we joke about it, but I actually believe there's a lot of power in sitting down around a table or TV tray or whatever it is you sit down around, I don't know, and eating with people. And I think it's because there's like this... I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, if I'm being honest with you. Like there's this... We're both sitting here because we have to eat. If we don't eat, we will die, right? Yeah. We're human. It's like this... We're. We're in this together. Even if we don't agree on all the things, we both have to eat this to stay alive. Now, you might not have to eat the pizza or whatever it is that you're eating. You could probably eat a salad or something, especially this side of the room, apparently. Right? We have to eat, and there's something that happens in that moment when you eat with somebody. This, this idea of breaking bread, there's something powerful that happens. And again, I don't really know what it is. I just know that it happens. So pray, listen, 
eat as often as you can with people, right? And then the first S is serve. This one should actually be really easy if you've been doing the listening. If they've been telling you about their struggles with, you know, this phase with their kids, you know, you can be like, hey, I was reading this book on parenting. And I mean, if you were actually reading a book on parenting, don't just start saying stuff that's not true. But like, or go find a book that's great on parenting. Or if they're, you know, if they're going through something like, figure out how you can serve that need. Don't just come along and be like, hey, I want to serve you. And they don't need it. Like, if you've been listening to them, you know them. You, you actually care about them. Serve that thing. Serve them. And I promise you God's going to show up in some way. Right? And then finally, the last S is share your story. And make sure you get this part right. Share your story is not you sharing a story about what Jesus can do for them. Your story is what Jesus has done for you. And it's what he's doing in you. And it's about how you're growing closer to who he is and who he's called you to be. It's about, it's about that Zoe life that you have experienced because of who he is. And I'm just going to throw this out as a challenge. Like if, if you're not sure you know what that story is, maybe you know what it is somewhere in the back of your mind, but you don't know if, like, if you had to share it with somebody, would it make sense? And it doesn't all make sense at all, really. Like there's not probably a way to make it make sense. But if you had to share that part of your story with somebody, what would you say? And I challenge you, make sure you know what you would say. I think the Holy Spirit can move and work and speak through you, but I think there's also some power to you actually going, what did Jesus do in my life? What is Jesus doing in my life? What has that Zoe life really done in my life? If I, if, I, if I rewind back to before that, what is so much better about my life? That way, when you have the opportunity to share your story, it just flows out of you. You get to just be a lamp through that whole situation and you don't have to go, well, you see, and like come up with something. Share the love of Jesus that you've experienced. Can we do that? Can we bless? Begin with prayer. Listen, eat, serve, share your story. He goes on in verse 9. He says this, The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. The one who is the true light, who gives light to my favorite word right here, everyone. To everyone. Jesus. We now know Jesus is the true light, and we know that he was coming into the world. And the reason that he was coming into the world was to give light to everyone. And now just to stick with my analogy as I was kind of studying through this, I just, this is the way my brain works. I started picturing Jesus as a light bulb salesman. And he's just going around handing out light bulbs to everybody, right? Like everybody. And there's no, there's no standard attached to that. Just here's a light for you. You get a light bulb, right? And we're all lamps in this, so it's a little weird because we're walking around as lamps. But he's handing out light bulbs to all these lamps. And there's this choice that we get as we receive that light, right? One, to receive it. Are we going to receive it? Are we going to take it? Two, are we going to, you know, I don't even know how you would do that, but are you going to screw the light bulb in? Are you going to use it? Are you going to turn the lamp on, right? Are you actually going to know the way? See, Jesus has come into the world. This has already happened. This was going to happen for John, but this has happened for us. Jesus came into the world and he brought light to everyone. And I'll be honest with you, this, this verse hit me a lot harder than I thought it would this week. When I started to think about everyone, there's a lot of us, y'all. There's a lot of us. And I know, I know we know it up here, right? Like we, some of us probably sang the song, red and yellow, black and white. Yeah. Okay, maybe we didn't all sing the song. I don't know. <laughs> he loves everyone. And this hit me really hard because 
Again, I think we know it here. We think we believe it. But when it comes to practicing that, when it comes to living that out, can I just, I'm going to, again, I'm being really honest. I think the church worldwide, I'm not saying upward as a church is failing at this, but I think, I think the church worldwide is failing really hard at communicating that to the rest of the world. Jesus came for everyone. Yes, he came for every race. He also came for every racist. He came for every tribe and he came for every tongue. He came for every he, she, they, gay, straight, young, old, poor, rich, afraid, betrayed, ashamed, alone, broken person on this planet. He even came for you. He came for me. And I don't know about you, when I say all those things, I know people that fit all those descriptions. And I don't know that I've lived my life always saying, yeah, Jesus came for them. I know I know it here, but I haven't necessarily walked it out all the time. And I know that the church isn't living that out as a whole worldwide. See, Jesus has called us to be a lamp, to point people to Jesus, to point the way. And at some point, there's, there's become like this kind of weird lie that goes out that you have to do certain things to take that light from Jesus, that you have to somehow earn the right for Jesus to have come to this earth for you. But no, Jesus came with light for everybody. At some point, somebody like invented some scale where you put good stuff on this side and bad stuff on this side. And if you get more good over here, then you can have light bulbs from Jesus, right? But no, that's not, that's not what... That's not what we read. Jesus came with light for everyone. And so I'm just going to challenge you. And I'm going to challenge myself. Just, just point the way to Jesus. Don't, don't point to the standards that you have for people. Just point to Jesus. Don't point, don't point to the problems in people's lives that you don't agree with. Point to Jesus. Because you were called to be a lamp. You were called to let people see the light of Jesus in you and go, I want that. And here's the powerful thing. When they get that light of Jesus in them, it's going to shine so bright that it reveals things in their lives that they know this isn't what Jesus wants for me. But you were never called to be Jesus. You were a man or a woman who was called, who was broken and who fits all the descriptions that I just gave. You, You get to be a lamp. And so let's be the lamps we were created and designed to be. Point to Jesus. I'm going to move on. (laughs) John, he he wrote this. If you read through John 1 and you read this prologue, it's almost like he went, like he wrote this beautiful like poem of like, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like in the word was the beginning or in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And he goes through all this. It's like beautiful flowing. And then just like he just kind of like crams some stuff in the middle of it, which is pretty much all the stuff I'm talking about today. Um, So naturally, Andy was like, hey, can you preach that week? Um, So he does it with the verses that we just talked about. But then he does it again a little bit later on. We haven't read this verse yet, but with verse 15, it's almost like he went, oh, yeah. And then this verse 15, verse 15, it says this. 
John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. See, this is when John, he, he saw Jesus and it was revealed to him. This is the one I've been preparing the way for. This is him. And I can sense the excitement. And if actually, if you go read a little bit further into John 1, you can read that full account of what happened. And it's awesome. Like there's exclamation points after everything. Like he's like excited. There he is. This is the one. This is Jesus. Because see, he had to know the way. He had to point the way. And then he had to do something that I think is harder than most of us would think that it is. He had to get out of the way. He had to get out of the way. He had to say, all right, it's Jesus' turn. And this is a lot about what I was talking about just a second ago. Point to Jesus and then get out of the way and let Jesus do his work. I'm not saying abandon people and leave them wherever they're at. I'm just saying like, let Jesus do the Jesus stuff and get you out of the way. And again, I know that sounds really easy. Like if I just throw something at you, which I'm not going to do, you're going to get out of the way, right? But in our society, like we like attention a little bit. I mean, we got like 800 different social platforms where we take pictures of our food and post that like anybody cares what you had for dessert. Just a huge news flash if you do that. We don't care. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've done it myself, so I can't really say anything. <laughs> like we, we do really random stuff to get that attention, right? Like I think of my, my son. He plays soccer. Now he has gotten better. Okay, he's pretty good at soccer now. He wasn't really all that great when he started, but he got a trophy every year. Big old trophy. He got like a championship kind of ring one year. He got like a gold medal from the Olympics. And he was horrible all those years, right? Like we, we live like in our society. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that either, okay? I love that I got to do all that for my son and I'm glad that he enjoyed it, right? But we want that recognition. Can you imagine... Walking somebody through this blessed process, shining the light of Jesus, investing in them, maybe for years and years and years. And then, I don't know, just say somebody else comes along and steals your thunder. <laughs> they accept Jesus with somebody else. And you go, what do you go? I mean, you're going to go, yay! But where's your heart at? And I guess the, the thing I'm saying is, are you excited about Jesus? I think of John the Baptist sitting there when he sees Jesus and going, this is the guy. Stop looking at me and look at him. And he just gets out of the way. Are you okay with people accepting Jesus wherever they find him? Or do you need some sort of recognition for the work that you have invested, at least on this side of heaven? Can I tell you, God's got your crown ready, right? I think we have to throw it at his feet when we get there. Your reward's in heaven. Your reward's in heaven. The joy of your salvation should be enough for you to want to point other people in that direction. And so I'm just going to challenge you one more time. Know the way. Point the way. And then get out of the way. And I just want to kind of close with this last thought. It's this idea of how do I really do that? Where do, where do I have to be with my heart so that I can do that? And this is the point I want, if you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. Don't get so caught up in what you're called to do that you forget to get caught up in who called you to it. 
Let's say it one more time, because that's really good. T.D. Jake said that. Y'all would be on your feet, right? Don't get so caught up in what you're called to do that you forget to get caught up in who called you to it. Jesus. There you go. And I'll tell you, I'm guilty of that working at a church. I'm guilty of that in my marriage quite often. I'm guilty of it as a parent. I get so caught up in the things I'm trying to do, supposedly for Jesus or for my wife or for my kids, that I forget the whole reason I'm doing it is for them. That's why I'm doing it. That's who I'm doing it for. But sometimes I forget to get myself out of the way and just let Jesus do what Jesus does. And so really at the end of all of this, my encouragement would be to you, know Jesus. Answer that question for yourself. Who is Jesus? Don't don't learn a bunch of facts about him. Learn who he is when you turn that lamp on by yourself. And if that's not a part of your routine, I'm just going to challenge you. Find one minute this week for whatever that awkward conversation might be and have it with him. Just talk to him. Just know him and let him know you. And there's a promise in scripture that as you draw close to him, he will draw close to you. Know Jesus. Y'all pray with me this morning. I don't want to pass up the opportunity if there is anybody here today who maybe you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus. And today you're, you're thinking maybe today is the day. And I don't, I don't know where you're at in your faith. I don't know where you're at in life. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I do know what's going on in mine. And sometimes it's really rough and sometimes it's fantastic. But every single day I wake up, I get to know that I am known by my Savior. I get to know that I know what true joy is. And so I just want to give you the opportunity today, if that's you, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, to just slip up a hand. This isn't a chance for me to embarrass you. This is just a chance for us to celebrate with you and for me to lead you through a really simple prayer. And so if that's you, would you just slip up your hand today so that we can celebrate with you? And maybe you're here today and you're not really sure that you've ever turned that lamp on. You know you've said the yes to Jesus but you've never really taken the time to get to know him outside of that. And can I just tell you, that's all right. That's all right. I I would bet my life that that is the majority of the Christian church today. The challenge is what are you going to do next? And so I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but what I'd love to do is just pray over us as a church, as a church at Upward, but also as our church worldwide, that Jesus would begin to reveal himself to us. And so Father God, we just come before you right now. And we say thank you for who you are, that you are God who created everything and that for some reason you have called us and you have sent us to prepare the way for you in people's lives and their hearts. So I just ask right now, Jesus, would you make yourself known to us? And as we draw closer to who you are, God, will you fulfill that promise and draw closer to us? May we know you personally, and not just know about you. 
We thank you for who you are, and we pray in your name, in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. So I just want to speak this over you today. Listen. It's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. And so I speak that over your life today, that God would use you in mighty ways to point the way to Jesus, to prepare the way for Jesus in people's lives, in their hearts, in their minds, in their families, but also in yours. So for God, Father God, I just pray right now over your people. Would you do something through them? Would you do something through them in their homes and in their workplaces, in our community, in this place? Would you do something with them just between you and them? Would you come along, God, and smooth out all the rough places? Would you come along and, and bring the, the valleys up and flatten the mountains and the hills, God? Would you make straight a pathway for people to know you through our faithfulness to follow after you and to point the way to who you are and what it is you are doing in our lives, God? We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so now we just commission you to go outside of this place and do what we talked about today. Be a lamp. We love y'all. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.